Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. So, it's an interesting day, it looks like. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things brewing in the news. Okay, so when last we checked, let me just go uh, check my little uh, stack of stuff here. And uh, we've had 30 tons of ammonium nitrate disappear. Just, True. just be stolen, gone. No one knows where it is. Um, 50 U.S. senators have been given sat, uh, satellite phones because they say there may be a catastrophic event. They actually offered it to 100 of them, but I guess 50 have taken it. Uh, FDA suggests uh, the – why would the FDA do this? But anyway, the FDA says that the Internet could go out this week. Is that, the, is that right? It must – maybe it's the F. CC. No, this it says no, here, it's the FDA. The FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. Why would they have uh, this well, information? Well, you know, you know the big move about the World Health Organization, and now you know there was talk about giving them more control. Yeah, and now I guess uh, the move is afoot to give them more control, and they want one global source to kind of uh, you know um, wow run shot on everything in the world, every country. Then of course we had a U-Haul. Smash into uh, the gate at the White House. And, of course, the first thing that the police did is rush into the back of the truck and pull out a Nazi flag. And they started to infer that the guy who was driving it was a white supremacist. Now, I say that because uh, here's an update on the alleged white supremacist. His name is, uh, let's see if I got this right, Sai Varshith Kandula. He's 19 years old. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Tony Orlando. Uh, A 19-year-old man from Chesterfield, Missouri, a suburb west of St. Louis. And uh, Mr. uh, Candula is not an American citizen. He's not an American citizen. They don't say where he's from. They don't actually say what his status is, whether he's a legal alien or an illegal alien. But uh, I can tell you what he's not. He's not a white supremacist. I'll just leave it at that. They, it says also here that, uh, let me see if I have, I have so much stuff this morning. It's amazing. I'm, I'm a busy, busy person. A, yeah, a veritable uh, plethora of information. I, I love Jim when you has. say that, plethora. It, it just flows. It's, uh, it, it, it says that he uh, believes in a global government, a one-world government. He does. He does. Does that sound like a white supremacist to you? Does it, not to uh, me. No. One world government yeah. sounds like the lefty to me. But, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the flag in the back of the truck, amazing how the choice of flag was there. Yeah. Now, I'm not questioning the police running to open the back of a van that crashed in front of the White House because mm-hmm. I would have opened it up too. Oh, there's got to be explosives or something bad in there. I would have opened it up. But that flag, come on. I know. Let's let's get beyond the stupidity of this and get serious. This is something else. If they go into a uh, a truck and it's filled with drugs, do they take the drugs out of the truck and then stack them neatly on the sidewalk so that people can get pictures? Oh yeah, they do it all the time. Sure they do. Oh, you know, my gosh. Uh, we got the Nazi flag here. What do you want me to do with it? Just unfold it. Hold it, it and nice the, and yeah. put it over there in the cub. Get, get. Camera crew. Over here. You Come need on. A, yeah, you want to move you it know, a little closer? Yes. Who wants to pose? Uh, uh, get a selfie there. Buy the flag. Fold it on uh, the cube. 
There's something. Yeah. There's something going on. They just well, you, you can feel it in your bones. You know, they keep talking about this internet going down stuff. Microsoft warns. Listen to this. This came out yesterday about three thirty in the afternoon. Microsoft warns Chinese hackers uh, com, uh, compromised critical U.S. infrastructure with mm-hmm. the focus on gathering intelligence. That was yesterday, and what they're saying is they've already hacked our internet. The Chinese. Now, oh well, come on. The internet has been a, a lame duck for a while. You know, just primed to be attacked. But so. the thing is, why would we care? I mean, we, we we're very uh, open to the Chinese. We lo- allow them to fly their balloons, their intelligence balloons, to fly right over our most secret sites in the United States. I mean, th- this guy that we have in office, he didn't just allow them to fly over those sites. He allowed them to take their time. <laughs> and dilly dally, circle the sites before they finally blew it up off the coast of South Carolina. Yeah, well, you're flying over, you know. Feel free to take a few pictures if you want. Fly <laughs> around a couple of times, yes. you know, and get a good look there because, hey, I can only keep you up there for so long. I'm, I'm holding out now before, you know, the yeah, public goes. Hey, you know, for the, lo- for the longest time, these guys said, oh, no, it's just a balloon. Really, it's like a weather balloon. No, no nothing to worry about here. And then, like a week and a half, two weeks later, Quietly, they said, well, I think maybe he was sending information back to China in real time. But but don't worry about it. It wasn't, they didn't get a lot of stuff, you know. I mean, what could they get going over our nuclear sites? Well, they uh, had to circle it a few times. You're right, though. Something is up. You know, it was either earlier this week or last week, I mentioned about a commander that was relieved from a base he was put on. Now, he's a war hero and, and, and done a lot of things. Last week, he was relieved uh, from duty for loss of confidence. Wow. Now, what does that mean? How, uh, now, let me just ask you before I go on here, how many people have you known in your lifetime or how many news stories have you known in your lifetime where a commander was l- relieved of duty for loss of confidence? Phil, I've never heard of it. I've never Neither heard of it. Neither have I. All right. Now, in the news today, uh, there is um, Angela Burke. She's mm-hmm. a captain of a destroyer. Mm-hmm. Relieved of duty for lack of of confidence or loss of confidence then john finn Uh another captain of a warship relieved of duty for loss of confidence Uh now you know you're the one that has said it before and a lot of people have said it you know there's white hats out there and you know we're waiting for the military to step in now i've always been well i don't know about that you know that's that that's a pretty far piece but now you know all of a sudden uh, a lot of things stinketh, and <laughs> yes. that means I think they big, do stinketh too. Yes, I do. Uh, there's a big heap of something here, and I think it's the tip of the iceberg. Is there, is there a patriotic force out there? Mm-hmm. You know that not that they were strategically put in place, but there are people that are going. You know what? Well, let's I say have, Bill, I have the power to fix something. Let's say that. They believe that President Trump won the election. Let's say they believe they have information that proves that he won the election in 2020. I'm just saying, if they believe that the real president is Donald Trump, and they truly Mm. believe it, and they've seen this information, then there would be a conflict here. Okay, let's say that you, uh, you are in command of a ship that could do something, and you're realizing... You know, you protect, uh, you know, from, you know, 
threats foreign and abroad, or and, yeah, uh, abroad and domestic. And, uh, d domestic. Foreign yeah. and domestic, right. Yeah, foreign and domestic. You're a captain of a ship. Does that not give you authority to say, wait a minute, I may be a lone ranger here, or there might be several lone rangers out there that are going, wait a minute, we are under attack from within. And they haven't said they're going to do anything, but all of a sudden, you know, the deep state goes, get them out of there. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me tell you another thing that nobody's talking about at all. At all. Nobody haven't heard this anywhere. This is coming. This is an exclusive to It's Another Day with Jim and Bill. Yesterday, mm -hmm. Ron DeSantis had his disastrous uh, launch of his campaign. I don't know whether you heard about this or not, but uh, it what was, was the it, curtain trick. It was on Twitter Spaces, which I'd never never heard of before. It's a new part of Twitter, and it was audio only, so they weren't dealing with problems with the cameras, folks. It was just audio only, so they. I'm not going to mm -hmm. play you any cuts. There are cuts on the internet if you want to hear it, but it's like uh, kicking somebody when they're down. I don't want to do it. You, it. Trust me when I say it was a disaster. So um, he goes out there, Ron DeSantis with Elon Musk, and everything is wrong with the setup. The there's feedback. The servers crash and come back and crash and come back. There's a muffled sound, this echo. And this goes on for a while. It's disastrous. Nobody, and everybody says, well, it was just a, they were overwhelmed by the number of people who were dialing into the uh, server to hear his, his uh, launch. Maybe, maybe, but I think the guys, the guys at Twitter knew that there'd be millions of people who'd be... Uh, you know, tuning in, and I think they were probably ready for it. I just read you a story a second ago about Chinese hackers in the uh, in the system. You know, Microsoft warns Chinese hackers compromise critical U.S. infrastructure with focus on gathering intelligence. Let's say hypothetically, these hackers wanted to screw Ron DeSantis up. Now, I'm a supporter of Donald Trump. I, I would like to see Trump win. I think that DeSantis would be a good president. I think he had, you know, he talks a good, although he has some people who are on his team who I'm not crazy about. And we'll talk about that uh, maybe a little later. But um, so I guess what I'm saying is, would the Chinese benefit from minimizing and destroying the launch of an important presidential candidate? And I think the answer yes. is probably yes. Yeah, they would. Now, let me throw a curveball in there. Who owns Microsoft? Bill Gates. And who's in the news about computer and AI? And uh, AI is probably going to be the downfall of Google and, and Amazon and the Internet. Uh, Bill, Gates. Bill Gates, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with AI. So who's to say that maybe uh, somebody from Microsoft didn't... Uh, yeah, have some kind of uh, sabotage into that, too. And, you know, when Trump launched Truth Social, it had some shaky legs, and it wasn't because they didn't have the techs doing their job right and that he didn't put enough money into it. No, 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 no. You had people in there going, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and put this thing on the track and derail the train, see what we can do. So there, there's agents uh you know, domestic and foreign that can take down anything positive in the United States. Now, I, I don't think, think that I Ron think that, DeSantis is positive. Well, here's the I thing: don't. I think that Ch China 
has an interest in keeping Biden in the presidency because Biden is such a compromised uh, a person. He is so pro-China. He's more pro-China than he is pro-American. I'm just Here's saying. what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if Biden stays in, the investigation against him, they're going to they're gonna stall this thing until the election. Right. Because they believe they'll steal it. If they don't win it, they're gonna. It's gonna be uh, throw out throughout the chaos theory. You know that's when everything will go to hell before a Republican uh, uh, administration can take over because they know if it does, that is when uh, the Biden, you know, real crime story will come out, and that is when China will be sitting there, you know, you know, with all the goods in their hands, and they'll be dirty too. So, yeah, you're right. You got to protect, uh, they got to protect Biden to keep him in office or at least make sure that the left wins. Otherwise, if I were, I, the left has got a lot to lose. If I were Ron DeSantis's uh, campaign manager, uh, I'd probably be looking for another job right now because whoever suggested that it would be a good idea to launch your major campaign, your presidential launch on an untested and untried system. Uh, it was not a good idea. All he had to do to mm-hmm. make this thing work is to hold a press conference in front of all the TV cameras and to do an on-camera launch, and it would have been very effective. Somebody said, oh, let's get Elon Musk involved. We'll do it audio only, and uh, we'll see how it goes. It was terrible. And by the way, when they had that launch and, and the disaster that it was, the Trump people were waiting with two new television ads. So this obviously is uh, audio only here. So we're going to play the audio from the ads. And by the way, in the ad, you are going to hear Ron DeSantis talking about make America great again. In the ad, what he's doing when he says that is he has a little child on his lap and they're pointing to a Trump sign and he's He's actually being very supportive of President Trump. Listen. DeSantis was struggling big time in his primary race for governor of Florida. Polls revealed DeSantis was failing so bad he was losing by a staggering 17 points. Then DeSantis was saved by the endorsement of President Trump. Trump's support was so powerful, just days after the endorsement, DeSantis took a commanding lead that propelled him to being elected governor. I'd like to thank our president for standing by me when it wasn't necessarily the smart thing to do. You're welcome, Ron. Unfortunately, instead of being grateful, DeSantis is now attacking the very man who saved his career. Isn't it time DeSantis remembers how he got to where he is? Make America great again. Build the wall. Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I love that part. Truth is, there's only one person who can make America great again. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. It was a great ad, and it was mm. followed right uh, right behind that ad was this ad here. The Washington-established politicians like to talk about how they can be just like Donald Trump. The truth There's only one Donald Trump. Only one who gave us the largest tax cuts in history, who gave vets the health care they deserve, and stood up to China and protected your job. Only one who kept us out of endless wars while destroying our terrorist enemies. Only 
one who fundamentally changed the Supreme Court, was called the most pro-life president in history, and relentlessly protected our Second Amendment rights and our borders. Why would we ever settle for Trump imposters? Make America great again. When there's only one, starting day one, who can make America great again. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. It's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting fight. I, I think that, I think that Ron DeSantis is going to find out quickly that uh, it's not going to be a bed of roses. Not just because of Trump's defense of his positions, but I think he's going to find that the media is going to turn on him just like they turned on Donald Trump, and they're going to minimize him. They're going to belittle him. They're going to attack him at every corner. And I think he's going to have a difficult time. I think the honeymoon is over for Ron DeSantis. Mm. I could be wrong, but that's just my opinion. I also think, by the way, that if there are people out there who think that Ron DeSantis is going to be the vice president in the Trump campaign, I don't think it's going to happen. You Uh, know, I find it interesting that uh, Ron DeSantis and everybody out there uh, that comes in to run for president, throw, throw their hat in the ring, They've all got a similar tagline to Trump, make America great again. Ron DeSantis, the great American comeback. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, that also spells bad news for the Democrats when you think about it, because even there, you know, build back better. Yeah, well, you guys tore it down, you know, <laughs> uh, and that means that Joe Biden is no matter how you say, oh, everything is great. It's 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 all peaches and cream. It's roses out there, dead roses, and they stink. You know, you guys screwed it up, and you didn't even take a full term to do it. Hooray for you! Oh, wait until wait until we we're, we're done with this term. God help us! God help us! Well, we still got another yeah. two years. Yeah, and you know what? So let's say that uh, the Republicans take the House to you know just just win in in the next year in the elections. Mm-hmm. Well, what they're going to inherit is a bigger disaster than it ever was before because Biden Biden is a wrecking ball and it's on purpose. There's there's an agenda out there. You know, I think he's tearing down this country for a reason. And he's behind having the WHO take over, not the group the WHO, but the World Health Organization <laughs> uh take over. Yeah. Uh, but you know, as in with the Who, maybe uh, maybe we won't get fooled again. I, I got you know. I got something about uh, the Who in a second, but I want to play for you a cut. This is Marie Karine uh, Jean Pierre. Karine huh. Jean Pierre, guy, we haven't heard much from her recently, but she was out there saying, uh, "Let me see, what did she say?" She said, "The White House says there will be a recession and millions of jobs lost if the Republicans don't bend to Biden's demand on the debt ceiling." Listen. So a few things that I want to say about the current state of play on budget negotiations and averting default. So for starters, this is a manufactured crisis, plain and simple. That's what we're seeing currently. That's what we've been dealing with for the past couple of weeks, a manufactured crisis. And don't take our word for it. Just listen to members of the House Freedom Caucus. They've been very honest about this and are now openly, they're saying the quiet thing out loud, referring to the full faith and credit of the United States as a hostage. 
But I, I do want to be clear here. Averting default is the responsibility of every single member of Congress. Think about what's at stake here. And that's what we've been doing. We've been laying out for weeks, for months, what is at stake. A default would have catastrophic impacts in every single part of this country, whether you're in a red state or in a blue state. It doesn't matter. Every single part of the country. We're talking about millions of jobs lost, devastated retirement accounts, and a recession. We've also heard some House Republicans refer to preventing default as the only concession they are willing to make. But preventing a catastrophic default is not a concession, it's their job, period. And let's be clear about what Republicans are demanding in exchange for doing their job and preventing a default. Unbelievable. I, I sit here and I'm, I'm in awe listening to her. First of all, she can't do this extemporaneously. She can't do it off the cuff. She's constantly reading every line that she's saying. That was written which, for, yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing that gets me is she says it is the responsibility of every member of Congress. No, it's the responsibility of the President of the United States. You are the guy who's causing the trouble here. The fact of the matter is all you have to do is shave a few things off and you'll come to an agreement. But this is not about money. This is about power, this budget thing. Well, Biden's trying to show that he has all the power. Yeah, he is trying to show that. But, you know, it's the Democrats having the wansies, too, with all their programs so that they can empower themselves by giving out entitlements and whatnot. You know, so they got the wansies. They want to go on a spendthrift. So she's talking about chaos. The chaos comes from the left. And they're fear-mongering because they do know that it's true. If we default, there's going to be some tough times. They created the tough times with their spending. They like to say it's the Republicans' fault, you know, but they're they're so, you know, easy to pass off their debts, you know, when they leave and then blame it mm. on the right. That's well, not the case. We, we've got to tighten that belt. And uh, it's a very simple thing. You have a credit card you're maxed out on the credit card. What the Democrats want to do is they want to increase the the, your limit and they want you to increase the limit with bad credit. See, it's not that you've been paying everything off and you're on time. The, The U S is in debt trillions of dollars already. That's not good. If it were your budget at home, you'd be in trouble. You'd have, you'd have a bad credit rating, but you know, what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, ignore how much we already owe. Let's increase our debt limit so that we can go out and do more stuff like, oh, give billions of dollars that we don't have to the Ukraine. I got to play something here, which really, um, uh, let me see whether I can find it in my in my stack of stuff. I have so many things today. Um, mm-hmm. I have, uh, oh, gosh. Smoke them if you got them, folks. I got to find this thing. Uh, well, I was just going to say, while you're looking for that, you know, when you when you run up debt, there is that point of no return, uh, and we may be at it now to where the debt is at such a height that we will never be able to pay it off. At some point in time, we are going to have to, you know, 
basically suck up to it and, and default. And just like, you know, a person when they can't manage their debts anymore and there's no hope, they got to go into bankruptcy. What I was looking you know? for was Hillary Clinton. Hillary oh, Clinton yes. is still out there. Hillary Clinton, as a matter of fact, is starting to uh, uh, be interviewed more frequently now because. Have you noticed I, that too? Yeah, she's starting to make herself available to the world. She's like seventy-five, a, so yeah. she would be a if she somehow found a way to squeeze herself in, she would be uh, just like Joe going into the office. Well, she had this to say about uh, about what would happen if Trump got into NATO. I want you to listen very carefully. To what she says here. If Trump wins, which I do not believe will happen, let me just quickly say that. If in some scenario that were to happen, um, it would be the end of democracy in the United States. It would be the end of Ukraine. It would become a, you know, we, he will pull us out of NATO if he wins again. Uh, just like he pulled us out of the Iran deal, he pulled us out of the Paris Accords, he will pull us out of NATO. Okay, wait a second here. What's okay? so bad about that? That's exactly right. First of all, NATO was designed and created during the Cold War. It was a way for us to unite a bunch of countries so we could stand up against uh, Russia when it was the Soviet mm -hmm. Union. It's not the Soviet Union anymore. It's a different threat. It's really not the same threat anymore, and we don't really need to be involved with NATO. Uh, it might not be a bad thing. That money that we're giving to the Ukraine... Don't you think that could go for uh, veterans' benefits? Mm -hmm. How about new highways and new bridges? Our infrastructure is terrible. Maybe uh, a train system that ran on time quickly and, and efficiently. All these things could be a reality if we weren't blowing our money around the world, uh, inciting wars, and keeping those wars going. We have no business, to be honest with you, to be in the Ukraine. You may say we do. You may say, oh, well, uh, everybody in the Congress believes that the Ukrainian war is a good war. No. People are dying in this war. Real people like you and me are dying in this damn war. And is it for a good reason or is it for a bad reason? Do we really, well, maybe, do we really need to be supporting this war? No, I don't think so. And maybe one of the reasons we want to go to war is that... Uh, Maybe that's population control, and they get things under control to where uh, maybe that that in their mind clears up the debt. I I do uh, I do think it's odd that NATO nations now, like Germany, mm -hmm. they just did a big jumble order of military hardware. We're talking tanks, howitzers, and whatnot. You know, so there's a massive buildup of arms in these NATO nations. So you've heard the old saying, I remember, you know, there's been a long time of peace. Yeah, we've had skirmishes and, you know, Ukraine is a skirmish, but there's been a lot of talk over the years. Well, it's been a long time since we've had a world, a world war. Maybe it's, it's feeling like it's time. Are we building to a world war? You said before we went on the air that we were talking about getting an oil change for his truck. Oh, yeah. And how getting an oil change, which used to be a very easy process, you just, you just ran drive down in, and get can it I done. get my oil change? Yeah. Boom, you're in. Now he's having a heck of a time finding a place to get his oil changed. And by the way, when he goes and finds a place, instead of, you know, charging 35 bucks or 50 bucks, it's like 100 bucks plus, maybe 150 bucks plus. And I'm thinking to myself, it's. Who is making out in the environment that we're living in right now? 
It's not the average businessman. A lot of stores are closing. Uh, we see it all the time. We see well, cha chains like Walmart closing down whole whole sections of their of their uh, stores. Well, now one of the places I would go to get an oil change was Walmart because they had it very affordable. And I'll tell you what the experience was there. But when I couldn't get in there, mm -hmm. I went to a dealership that has an off-site location to get oil changes, and they actually do it at a fair price. However, you know, you need a three-day-out appointment at least to get in for an oil change, and I'm going, you're crazy on this, right? And because an oil change for my truck, you know, takes eight quarts, whatnot, you know, I've been pay, averaging about 65 bucks to get it done. Now, in reality, the old days at a dealership, because they charged for the labor and everything, you know, you, you were talking 150 bucks. But now that is, you know, there were other places. But then I started realizing, like I went to a few other places and they were giving me ex exorbitant prices. Well, the cost of oil, the cost of oil. And it dawned on me because I went to, you know, uh, like the Walmart. And uh, they sat there and said, we're not taking appointments it's, uh, you know, it's first come, first serve, but we have appointments set up for other things. What? See, tires, not a problem. You're going in yeah. for a tune-up, not a problem. Well, we'll get you in, we'll get you that. But see, they seem to be pushing off, well, we can't, we can't take, we have too much business, you know, and not enough people. We can't get to the I wonder if the they're having change. a hard time getting the oil. I wonder if this administration is making it difficult for them to get well, the oil. you remember when you used to change the oil yourself? You'd go in there two forty seven, three forty seven, yeah. five sixty nine for a quart of oil. Sure. So you know, okay, so eight times five, you know, forty bucks for the oil, and they get it in bulk, so it's cheaper. Then you just have the time to do it. You know, drain it, change the filters, put in the new oil, top it off, make sure you know run right. it a little bit, make sure right. it settles, and you're done. Uh, but you you weren't into it very much money. Now I'm wondering if they're 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 making it difficult to get into it because there's no profit in in it for them anymore. The profit is somewhere else. They don't want to bother with it. But that's sad. So because let, 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 let's talk about who's making money in, in this environment we're living in right now. The arms dealers, the arms manufacturers, are making money right now. The guys who make the tanks and the guns. In the airplanes. Well, there you go. So you're telling me I ought to go to Walmart and say, can I get an oil change with a gun? <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to no, no, hold no, a gun on no. you. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm saying that the average retailer, like Walmart and other places, they're not making a lot of money right now. The no. guys who are making the money are the people who are supporting the wars, like uh, the one in the Ukraine. I mean, mm -hmm. Think about it. We got out of a war. Nobody talks about this. We got out of a war in Afghanistan ridiculously fast in an embarrassing way and left behind $89 billion worth of equipment, guns, tanks, airplanes, helicopters, Humvees, all this stuff was left in pristine condition for the Taliban to take hold of. Then we go right into another war and we, what do we do? We start giving them more equipment, more stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if we were going to get into that war why, and, and close down the Afghanistan war and we're giving away military hardware, why not just take that $89 billion and give it to the Ukrainians? We could have, that we war could have, would have been over. We could have probably packaged up all that stuff in Afghanistan, put it on trucks and buses, and shipped it off to the Ukraine and uh, saved ourselves a lot of money. But no, 
Well, no. we would be at a, a, a world. Oh, speaking of maybe being at a world war, uh, how important do you think uh, Oslo is to, um, well, obviously Norway, but right. uh, and since uh, Norway has borders with Russia, how important do you think it is to Russia to keep a, keep an eye on Oslo? I think I think uh, Oslo, Norway is very important. So, if we sit there for a show of strength, take the world's biggest most threatening, I mean, it's got fangs on it, warship and park it uh, in, uh, right off the coast of Oslo in their bay. Do you think Russia might have a problem with that? Mm-hmm. Well, the Gerald R. Ford is there, and it is the biggest, the biggest warship ever built. That thing is armed beyond the teeth. That that yeah. SOB can take down anything, anywhere, anytime. And anyhow. usually they don't send a carrier alone. Usually a carrier will have like a... Oh, it's got to have support. Support, yeah. So this... Yeah, usually uh, destroyers. Yeah. Have, uh, um, so... Uh, <laughs> there's something going on. Um, we talked about the WHO. Um, there was a great uh, speech by uh, a Croatian minister of the European Parliament. His name is uh, Milav Kilosovic. And... Uh, Milab was talking about the WHO, the World Health Organization. I don't think he thinks highly of them. Listen. I would like uh, shortly to bear um, people from upcoming uh, danger for humanity. The World Health Organization wants all countries to sign an agreement on handing over the authority to declare a pandemic, procure vaccine and drugs. It will be healthier and safer for humanity to sign agreement with the Colombian drug cartel. They know all about drugs for sure. During the COVID pandemic, World Health Organization only told lies. It should be declared a terroristic organization. They lied. That is a new and known virus. That is possible to make an effective vaccine. That the vaccine is 82% effective. That is protects against serious illness and deaths. That all, of course, were foolish and lies. Today, World Health Organization is more dangerous for humanity than World Economic Forum. Amazing. He said at the very end, the World Health Organization yeah. is more dangerous than the World Economic Forum, which is saying a lot. But then he says earlier on, it would be better for us to get our drugs from the cartels than to get them from the World Health Organization, because at least the cartels, they understand drugs. They know their stuff. Yeah. They, they, they deliver on their promise, you know. <laughs> Amazing. You want to get stoned? We got this stuff right here. You want to get well? We can do that, too. The you World know, Health I'm... Organization wants to make it so that they control the world's response to a pandemic, meaning within the last pandemic, we had our own people in charge of the lockdowns and things like that. What they want to do is make it so no lockdown can be initiated unless it's initiated by the World Health Organization. They will be the people in charge of negotiating with the pharmaceutical companies about which drugs are safe and which drugs aren't safe. We'll lose all national autonomy. We will lose it to 
the WHO. That's what they want. And there are people in this country, including some in the Biden administration, who want this. Well, it goes beyond just that. Yeah, they'll they'll have they'll they'll catalog the entire world, and you will comply. But they also, under the guise of a pandemic, you know, all of a sudden you give up certain political power to them, and it, where even Biden would sit there and step back and let them take control. Do you want to sit there and give the sovereignty of our country and the freedom of our democracy? to some foreign idiot. No. And I'm not trying to say that there's idiot. Uh, we have our, we have our own idiots. <laughs> yes, we, do. we don't need foreign idiots because we got <laughs> domestic idiots. Yes. You know, and yes. I don't want if we're gonna take, idiot in charge. If we're going to take orders, we're going to take them from domestic idiots, not from foreign idiots. That's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You if, have I, to, you, if I ever said anything that will get quoted, that would be it. You yes, know, well, you, Bill Knight you, said, you know. <laughs> you have to laugh, friends, because if you don't, you'll, you'd cry. Um, another thing happened. They they interviewed uh, Viktor Orban. Viktor Orban is the Hungarian prime minister. I mm-hmm. like I like him. I, a lot of people on the left don't like him because Viktor Orban is uh, a friend of Donald Trump's. He likes Donald Trump. That automatically puts them on the that list. You know, the one that starts with an S. Yeah, it, it puts them on that list in the in the uh, side of the left. Victor Orban the was smiley talking. face list. Yeah, okay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he was talking about uh, the differences between American parties. Listen to this. What is wrong with Joe Biden? It's not my job to criticize the head of the United States. You know, it's, it's not a good business idea anyway. Uh, you would rather there was a different leader. I, of the no, I, would, I would rather say that, uh, you know, the American Democrats are far more ideologically led than the Republicans. And the Democrats always write to convince you and sometimes force you how to live. And I don't like it. We have our own culture. The culture defines how we live. Don't interfere, please. Don't educate us. Don't say what is good, what is bad, what is liberal. You know, we don't like that. It's not your job. It's not the job of the Americans and any other nation. It's the Hungarian job. That's that's so simple. Donald Trump understands it. That's important. You hear the very end of it? Donald Trump understood this. What he said was, in case you might have had a problem understanding what he said was, uh, the American left is always trying to make you do what they want you to do, meaning other mm-hmm. countries. They want to impose their beliefs on foreign nations, and they don't like that. That's what Orban said. We don't like this. He said at the very end, and of course Donald Trump understood this. Donald Trump mm-hmm. understood the differences and respected them. And this guy that's in the White House right now, this uh, bumbling doofus, um, he does Humbling doofus. Yes. He, yes. BD. He, the hail to the doofus. Um, anyway, anyway uh, you have to laugh again, friends. Also, Gavin Newsom, have you heard what he's doing now? Well, let's hear it. He's flirting with the idea of appointing Oprah Winfrey to replace Dianne uh, Feinstein in the uh, Senate should she resign. There's talk that Dianne Feinstein is going to resign. Although, I don't think she knows that. They interviewed Dianne Feinstein last week when she came back after being away for like six or seven weeks. And uh, Dianne Feinstein wasn't aware of the fact that she had been away. The guy said to her, well, you know, you've been away for a while. She said, no, I haven't. I've been right here working. Oh, she should be. She should be removed, but they won't until they have a replacement because she is a placeholder now. Yes. So I I was thinking Oprah from their point of view, a diehard Democrat and uh, you know, women love yeah. Oprah from all the years on TV. 
You know, you know, I, I, I pray to God that we haven't become such a shallow nation we have. that we are electing our our politicians based upon their their uh, you know their their TV shows. For example, are we going to be uh, looking to President Oprah Winfrey at some time? And Vice President Whoopi. Oh, my dear goodness. Oh, flag on the play, pull over, I'm out. Uh, you know how Whoopi got that nickname, Whoopi, right? Her, her real name is nowhere near. It's like, uh, what's her real name? Karen Johnson, I think her name is. Yeah. Karen no, Johnson. I, I, I will give her credit. She is a talented individual, very talented individual. I don't, I don't like her politics, but apparently Whoopi comes from the fact that back when she did a lot of stage stuff, you know, and comedy and stuff. They always said that, you know, the type of person they're gassy. Let's just put it that way. They're okay. very gassy. Yes. So she got the name like a whoopee cushion, you know, <laughs> here, oh, here's whoopee, you know, because yeah, they were well, referring to what took place. At some backstage. point she had to say, I think I'll change my name from Karen Johnson to whoopee Goldberg. I don't even think she's Jewish, uh, but I think she was trying to embrace uh, a certain image that would get her further along the the road to popularity. I mean, she was great in Ghosts. That was 1990, folks. 1990. If I was judged by what I did in 1990 in 2023, I mean, come on, folks. It's been 33 years. That was the last thing I think she did that was really good. Uh, Unfortunately, she's got a voice in politics from the left side that they've Oh, you know, and a, everybody has a, their opinions and views. We got our opinion and views, and so we do a podcast. Well, we and, do our uh, homework. I mean, I spend hours. Well, you do and, homework? And, yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> I do I my have a homework. Cheat sheet right here. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, we do our homework, and she doesn't. She does you know not what? do homework. She has producers, folks, who give her cheat sheets, who give her uh, different points that she's supposed to talk about. But that's about it. I would imagine if you were to talk to one of the producers of The View, you'd find out that she just wings it. She just comes in, sits down, grabs a cup of coffee, and goes. And I and that's not how we do. I mean, I got a stack of stuff in my hand, and I got audio that we put together. There's a lot of work to prepare to do what even we do. Can you imagine what she should be doing? But she sits there and pontificates. And, of course, they always fill the audience with uh, a bunch of of ridiculous clapping seals, you know. I mean, and they and if I hear that whoop anymore, you know that. Speaking of whoop, uh, if I hear that <laughs> that Democrat woo woo yeah woo, I yeah yeah I talk about annoying. You know these people don't know what they're talking about. You know they'll make some comment about uh, Donald Trump and and the clapping seals just dive in. I often wonder. Because I do understand how this industry works. I often wonder whether some of that is canned. Yeah, I know they have the applause sign. I've been to TV shows. I've seen them done. But part of me wonders whether uh, the guys in the control room don't add some of the uh, the clapping and the whooping that maybe is lacking in the audience. You know? Yeah. Just saying. And, and that can be done, friends, easily. Uh, oh, yeah. You you have an effects bar in your uh, your studio set up there, and so do I. I I don't have mine labeled because I really don't use them. I guess if I were recording even something. Even if I were to, to ask for a little applause. Thank you very much. Thank you. No, really. Thank you. Really, I'm, I'm here every week. I'm here every week. Uh, try the veal. It's the best in town, really. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I've got uh, an infinite button bar here that um, I think there's, there's what, uh, there's eight cuts right here at my fingertips, and I hit next, and then we'll go to another eight cuts, and another yeah. eight cuts, and so on. So the guy you know, in the but, control room at uh, ABC, when they're doing the view, he probably has a bunch of these things, too, that he could hit at the oh, drop yeah, of a Oh, yeah, it's a big hat. panel, yeah. and you just hit it anymore. So, But uh, enough of the behind-the-scenes. So We have um, also Robert F. Kennedy. You know, he's, he's quietly uh, doing some interesting things on the left, but he's not really as far left as Joe. He's more moderate. There's a part of me that still thinks that he, he might, at the end of his campaign, bow out and end up being a potential vice presidential candidate for President Trump. I'm just saying that would be an amazing move. Remember Joe Lieberman? Mm-hmm. Okay, he's he's back in the scene now, and he is floating the idea of um, a two-party ticket, a Republican and a Democrat. He says that's what we need at this point in time in history, a Republican and a Democrat that are basically moderate to run together. Well, I mean, what do you think would happen if President Trump were to get the nomination? He would have picked Robert F. Kennedy Jr. as his vice president. Well, my only concern is there are differences. There are similarities, but uh, Kennedy does not like Trump, but maybe it's his brand of politics. If they could come to uh, some common ground, sit down and talk. You say that, and he has said, well, I don't like Trump. I mean, he says it with trepidation. I've never heard him say it with anger. And as a matter of fact, when asked, push comes to shove, I heard him recently say, well, everybody has a different opinion. He, he, had, he had a chance in a recent interview to nail President Trump, uh, and he didn't. Well, maybe it's a safe way to get a Kennedy into the, into the Oval Office under the, the, the coattails of Trump, and then all of a sudden, maybe a lot of good could come out of that, that pair. I don't know, but you know, he, uh, you know, I would, I would look at it real strongly. He was in an interview recently. And he talked about the CIA and how they, mm-hmm. f- how they fix elections. Now that sounds like a Trump line. This, listen, this is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. By getting the CIA involved in, you know, assassinations and fixing elections and well, yeah, the CIA has been involved now in fixing about it in, in coup d'etats or attempted coup d'etats in about a third of the countries in the world, most of them democracy. So our national policy as a country is to promote democracy. The CIA's policy has been the opposite. So he's talking about the CIA and being involved with uh, coup d'etats in democracies around the world, but he's not saying in that comment in our democracy, but he's also not saying that. You know? So if we had a uh, a Trump Kennedy, you know, presidency, mm-hmm. would the deep state get cleaned out, or at least cleaned up as best it could, straighten up the CIA, the FBI, and all these other little? Uh, you know, I I don't think in four or eight years you're going to get all the corruption out because it is so deeply oh I know and entrenched. Yeah. You know, it'll re. It'll reemerge again. Like if if you're in your twenties, going well, if you guys can get rid of it, we'll take care of it. Don't worry. It'll it'll fester and crop up again in your lifetime. Do you know who uh, one of uh, Trump's closest friends was back in the eighties and nineties? John F. Kennedy Jr. JFK right. Jr. was one of his closest friends. 
They don't talk about that. So Trump had a relationship, a friendly, warm relationship with the Kennedys. Now, we may be seeing Robert F. Robert F. Kennedy couldn't come out right now and say he supports Trump and be effective. He couldn't come out and, and talk about the things he's talking about if he said he also supports President Trump. He couldn't, he's also, he has to look like he's an independent running for election. But there's something that's going on. Anybody who looks at the, at the uh, statistics, at the polls, has got to know that Trump has got a monstrous lead. You know, you're going to put Ron DeSantis up against Donald Trump. That's like putting uh, a, a double-A pitcher up against Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Because one guy knows how he can hit anything. The other guy, he may have a good pitch, but it's only in double-A. And yeah. uh, I don't know whether it's a, a good move to have... Ron DeSantis in the situation he's in right now. And he's being supported by guys like Karl Rove and uh, uh, backed by billionaires who are jealous of Trump. You know, Trump is a billionaire, and you don't become a billionaire in business without having alienated some other people. And also, they're, they're, watch the media. They're going to say a lot now about people who, well, he was a, a Trump supporter, but he's backing DeSantis now. How do we know this? How do we know this? We're taking their word, you know? Right. I, I don't know. We, we don't know. Look, it's, you know, it, it, we're going through a dance, right? Not even a dance. We're in the courtship here, and it's who you want to uh, partner up with. But uh, I, I don't know how everything's going to play out. I don't know what uh, what's going to happen next fall. Neither do you. Neither do all the players out there because it really gets down to how much of the crap the American public's going to put up with. You know, what Joe's going to do next, because he is tearing down this country, not slowly, but surely, but rather quickly and abruptly. Yeah, well, As fast as he can tear it down, he's tearing it down. I see where uh, Lauren Boebert, she is, uh, she provided an update on the repealing of the IRS agents. You know, those Mm 87,000 armed agents that Biden wants to put out there. You know, by the way, those 87,000 agents... They're not going to go after the rich in our society. They're not going to go after the billionaires. That no, no. They, the billionaires have got stacks and stacks of accountants that do nothing but work on their stuff. So the IRS is not going to go after them, and they're not going to go after the poor people because the poor people haven't got any money. They're going to go after the middle class. They're going to go after the guy who does nine to five jobs. Maybe uh, he's a laborer, makes a decent buck. Those are the guys that they're going to go after with, by the way, guns on their side for the first time. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, you know, I haven't, I haven't looked, but I would say that the seat of wealth, when you want, want to talk about the true wealth of the world, really sits still in the middle class solely, you know, singularly. The, uh, the rich, yeah, they, they outgun any one of us with what they've got. But collectively, we still you know, control the purse, and they know that, and they want to take that purse away from us as quickly as possible so they have total and absolute Well, think about it. If if you're a a country that fears the government, you'll be compliant. I mean, you will put the mask on. You'll stay home and work from home. You'll do exactly what they tell you to do. They're 
they're already promoting that you know working at home is the way to go. I mean, I see it in the store where they have a you know store where it has a pharmacy, and they're they're setting the stage now for that. You got the World Health Organization that they want to you know bring us all under their control. You know, I believe they're even the ones that are touting of uh, the population control. Can you imagine if we give everything to them that all of a sudden. They're not going to do their agenda of what do they want in the world, the population, 5 million? 500 like million. 500 million 500 people. million. Yeah. So I, I would imagine what they would do is, uh, hell, instead of, you remember how you used to get a, a number for selective service and you were drafted? Oh, yeah. yeah well, they could, they could do the same thing. Get, you know, use your Social Security number and do a selective lottery. As, uh, hey, Mr. listen. Harrington, we pulled your number. You have to go re- report to, uh, you, you just won the death lotto. You get to go and... Uh, let me tell Report you. Report to a chamber and they'll gas you. People like yourself, you didn't get the vaccine. And, and I know initially it was a matter of, well, you're not really sure about it. You'll wait and see. And then the longer you waited, the more you realized, no, maybe I shouldn't get this one at all. So, which I think actually was a, a, a smart thing because now they're talking about, I don't know if you've seen this, uh, a lot of infants are having an unusual amount of myocarditis. Infants. Mm-hmm. Now, how does an infant get myocarditis if they haven't been personally vaccinated? Well, their mom may have gotten vaccinated before they were born. What was that drug back in the 50s? Uh, Thalidomide. Thalidomide, yep. That caused the defects. That caused that, you know, and that was something that uh, you trusted the government on, and they did it, and, uh, you know, then we ended up, or you ended up paying the price for it. So what, you know, we talk about the five hundred million, and I'm not saying this is a fact. It could be a possibility, though. What if the the uh, the vaccine wasn't effective? What if there was something wrong with the vaccine that, in some people, caused myocarditis? I mean, think about it. It it, it could be something that it affects only a certain type of person. Let's say hypothetically with a, uh, AB blood or something like that. It doesn't affect people with O negative or O positive, but maybe if you have a, another uh, less common blood type, maybe that vaccine has a different effect on you. I'm just saying that's a possibility. Nobody's talking about this kind of stuff. And by the way, some of the vaccines now that were available aren't available anymore. I think Johnson & Johnson is no longer available uh, in the United States. I could be wrong. I think I read that along along the way. Uh, Do you know there's some jobs? Now, I was under the belief that now that the, the pandemic is over and all the restrictions have been lifted, you remember it used to be, oh, you can't, you can't come here and do anything unless you have a card that shows you were vaccinated. Well, that was all lifted. You're not supposed to be able to do that. But yet um, there are jobs that I guess come from government. Like let's just say that you go to work for public television. Right. All right. Uh, and I know this because I got a thing saying, hey, would you like to be, you know, the marketing director? And I thought, no, nah, I don't want. Well, let me look at it. And they go, now you have to show that you've been vaccinated because th- this job requires that. When I looked at that, I sat there and, yeah, well, that's interesting. See yeah. Ya. You know, nobody's going to tell me what to do with my do body you, and my life. You know, I'm it, sorry. Bill, it was like, it, it seems like just yesterday, I remember going for a physical therapy session because I had knee replacement surgery. I, part of me is bionic folks. Um, 
And he's the sixth cent man. When I went into the, uh, when I went in six cents, I got that. Uh, <laughs> when I went in for the therapy, I had to sit for like a half an hour, uh, filling out all of my personal health stuff because I couldn't tell it to the woman who could have typed it right next to me because of the HIPAA regulations. I had to do it myself. This is what they told me back then. They were very private about the information, your health information. Only certain people could see it. You had, you had to designate uh, somebody at, at home who could uh, take health information about you uh, if you weren't home. Like I had to designate my wife to be, you know, if she, if she answers the phone, she has the authority to uh, take whatever information you want to pass along from the doctor's office. Nowadays, nowadays, you can't get into a movie theater sometimes without telling some, you know, a high school dropout who's taking your ticket whether or not you got vaccinated. I mean, it's it's like what is going on in this upside oh, down that, world? That HIPAA, the HIPAA law is such a farce. It's, because, it's gone. Well, no, it it's there. I mean, you know, they can use that law against you at will yeah but then again they can also ignore it at will and i'm like going yeah but that's you see that all the time in the news what do you think they're doing to trump they're making up laws as they go or you know taking other vague things and saying well we'll make that an absolute in trump's case but if it's a democrat hey we'll let it slide Amazing. it's no big deal it's we, we really don't have that authority come on I want to play one more thing. You you know that they're having a problem with uh, illegals in New York, uh, and no. the mayor of New York, Adams, Eric Adams, he's he's really at, at wit's end. You know, this is the guy who a year ago was standing up on the podium bragging about the fact that his city was a sanctuary city, and that people mm -hmm. were welcome. And uh, Trump and his minions, those MAGA people, uh, they're they're being cruel to these poor people who just want a place to stay. Well, now they've come to New York for their place to stay, and they've filled up all the hotels and all of the beds. And I guess he's now he literally is putting some of these illegals out on the street because they've run out of room. Well, mm -hmm. he had he had the idea to send uh, some of these illegals out to Long Island, Suffolk County, and and and, and put them in hotels out there. And uh, Representative Nick LaLotta of Suffolk County had this to say. New York City officials have bragged for years that they were a sanctuary city, that rules and laws did not apply to people who are in this country illegally if you're in the five boroughs. That is the policy choice that officials of New York City consciously made and bragged about for years. Concurrent with a lack of rule of law, the Biden administration has allowed more than a million illegal immigrants to cross our southern border between ports of entry to get to our country. We here in Suffolk County are 2,000 miles from the southern border, but we are to become a border county because of the Biden administration's failed border policies and the sanctuary city policies of New York City, which have tended to become a magnet drawing people across that southern border. New York City has made those policy choices. Their elected officials have not only put those choices into law, they have held press conferences bragging about that. They have made those choices. Predictably, their resources have now become overrun. Homeless folks, veterans, mentally impaired, people who are suffering from substance abuse now have less or no resources because of the predictable reaction of so many people. 
predictable reaction of so many people coming to New York City for those sanctuary city policies. I say to the mayor of New York City, sir, put your money where your mouth is. You have made those choices to make New York City a sanctuary city. Those are your choices, sir. Now it's time for you to put up the money and the resources to accept the consequences of those public choices. Suffolk County has put itself via the elected officials behind me on a different trajectory. We have different values that will honor law-abiding citizens and taxpayers before anybody else. Okay, that's Representative uh, Nick LaLotta of Suffolk County. So if I got this right, okay, first um, Adams sent some of these illegals up to Rockland County, which is up by the Tappan Zee Bridge and north of New York. And uh, the people up there said, no, 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 no. No, we don't want them. Uh, we we don't believe that we want to be a sanctuary a county. So now uh, Eric Adams said, well, let's send them out to Long Island. So let's send them out to Suffolk County. And they're saying, no, 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 no. We don't want them either. So so Mr. Adams uh, is now stuck between a Rockland and a hard spot. <laughs> He's stuck nice, between. Thank nice you. choice of words there. Nice way to thank put you. That. Uh, it's, it's 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 interesting to see the reaction. By the way, if you see a press conference of Eric Adams, it looks like a different guy than the guy who stood up there with such confidence a year ago and bragged about the fact that his city was a sanctuary city. Anyway, my mm. friend, we have done it. Uh, another show in the can, man. Uh, our number is 833-538-7868. If you want to talk to us, 833-538-7868. And there's mail at itsanotherday.com. I see a couple of likes here. Linda S., we know her. She was an old colleague from uh, a good network lady. thing. That, yeah. yeah, good lady. So she's probably listening today. So, uh, hey. Welcome to the show. Spread it around. Thanks, Linda. Uh, there's, I don't know, there's the initials, K-R-Y-B-D-C-E-Z. Whoever you are, thanks for uh, listening and liking. They have great P-N-B. taste. Yeah, P-N-B-X-K-H-Y. I don't know what that stands for, but we thank you. There's Brat M. I, I get that pronunciation. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pfeiffer Mom. So, you know, just a few of the many that are uh, checking in and saying hey and whatnot. So... We truly we appreciate, appreciate you being there. Yeah, without you, would be thank fine. you, thank you very much. Oh, by the way, we lost a great one yesterday, Tina Turner. Oh, she three. was she was such a talent. I mean, that lady yeah. was so full of energy, and uh, she always looked perpetually young to me. I always thought, my goodness, you knew that she was older, but she just had such energy and and vigor. And it's so sad that we've lost her. Uh, yeah, well, apparently she had not been feeling well for uh, quite some time, and. With the pain, she would go on and uh, give her fans the show that they want. If you ever watched her, oh. I mean, the lady put on a show, you know, and uh, uh, there was an old joke uh, a while ago, you know, you know, that if they ever wanted to get rid of that tower, that, that arch, the gateway to the West, her yeah. legs could have been that because, you know, she'd <laughs> get out there and start stomping those legs, but big wheels keep on turning. But, you know, I loved her. I uh, yeah, loved she, everything she did. She was great. And, uh, well, she's hopefully... I'm sure she's with God right now, and that's uh, she's in a better place. Probably doing a, a command performance. Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of great artists. Some that didn't make it, but a lot of them that that, that did make it to rock and roll heaven. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, rest in peace, Tina Turner. Hey, friends, have a great day. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll uh, we'll be back tomorrow because there'll yes, be a lot will. more news. <laughs> trust me. Yeah, you can trust on that. Take care, Bill. See ya.
the voice of freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From Acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know, seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about It's Another Day. Com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>